Welcome to the Hot Content Marketing Podcast, here to provide you with tips, tricks, inspiration, and advice on how to market your business online. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner, this is the place for you, as I chat to each of our expert guests about what's working right now. Hi, Philip. How are you? Good, Natalie. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I'm really excited to have you on today because we're going to talk about helping people with their strategy, aren't we? Yes. uh, Content marketing strategy. Yes. We're going to certainly try and give some some tips uh, to help people with that whole area. You know, just simple stuff. And these are going to be my, so my tips I give my clients. Yeah. Um, everybody's slightly different but you know these are the ones i kind of feel work so excellent because uh, i always think if you've got a plan you'll have that's half the battle isn't it i think a lot of the reason people don't end up doing anything is because they haven't got a plan in place yeah like it's it's um like social media can be quite a scary sort of environment for a small medium business because mm-hmm. they hear that oh you have to be on facebook you have to be on twitter Oh, you're not on LinkedIn or you're missing out or you should be on Pinterest. And I think suddenly people are, it was a bit like the whole thing um, that's uh, the new shiny object. We all had to suddenly be on Snapchat and, oh, no, no, uh, IGTV now is here. We all need to be there. And I think uh, people get very kind of, um, I suppose, almost like nervous. Are they missing out on an opportunity? And I think it's very important for small business like i'm a small business you know just like yourself where we're, we work for ourselves and if we were kind of chasing every shiny object and new strategy or new channel you'd never get anything done because at the end of the day you've got to go and be talking where your clients and your prospects are you know and um and it's kind of interesting like, like content marketing has very much year on year become a lot more um popular with businesses you know um content marketing institutes their research very much backs it up but there was an interesting piece of research done by a company called uh, altimeter who kind of very much honing around this point they did a, a survey and, and i think smart insights which you might have heard of uh, they do like an industry report as well and content marketing is proving to be a challenge and what they found with that essentially the root of these sort of problems is because a lot of businesses are kind of saying, well, we actually don't have a documented content strategy in place. It's very much almost like a, we'll tweet something out today or we'll post something today and we hope it sticks. And I think exactly as you said, I think, I think when you have that sort of that roadmap and that sort of that guiding framework as to what should we be doing today, tomorrow, next week, next month, it gives you real clarity. Exactly. Um, so I'm all about this, not getting distracted, not trying to be everywhere and doing everything. So obviously you advise your clients on a day-to-day basis about their strategy. So let's just dive in. What, where, where would you say people should start? Yeah, well, I kind of, um, and I made a few notes uh, just to kind of, I suppose, I suppose, uh, make sure that I'm kind of being simple and clear. But I always kind of feel that there's a number of key points that I feel that if a business document these and employ these, uh, they won't go wrong. You know, it's uh, it will be good in And I think the first thing really is um, be very, I suppose, be very clear as to your goals. Define those goals and objectives for your content marketing because, uh, you know, it's not just about, say, driving revenue or 
you know, particularly if you're starting off in business, your first goal may be, well, we want to try and generate an awareness. We want to tell people about our business, try and get some audience growth. But if you're a business that's kind of maybe more established, uh, you have plenty of awareness, well, then you're now kind of going to be at a different level. You know, maybe you want your social media to be driving a lot more engagement, maybe um, requests for quotes, maybe product trials to actual then purchase. And I suppose all of those sort of those kind of key areas of your sales funnel will ultimately kind of, I suppose, very much kind of decipher what you're going to actually use from a content marketing perspective, you know, um, because people that are the awareness side will respond maybe to maybe information that is providing initial kind of solution based type answers to their queries, because definitely audiences today, customers today are a lot more educated. We all go online. If we have a, a query, you know, the first thing we do is we'll go on to Google and we'll find out how do I do this or what's the meaning of this, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, you know, understanding what you really want to achieve and then kind of month on, month on, you know, looking at how are you performing, I think that gives you, because if you don't have a starting point, if you don't know where you want to get to, you'll be all over the place. It's like a scattergun approach and you won't know if something is working or it's not. So I think, and that's not just limited to content, Mark, I think any type of strategy, I think you need to really be very, very clear as to well, what you want to achieve from this. And, you know, those goals will change as you grow and grow, you know, because when you're at the awareness stage, that's one very particular type of metric, you know, as I was kind of saying, you might be looking at reach and impressions, et cetera, audience growth. But when you're down to say your conversion, you're now looking at, well, is my social media getting people to opt in or to form submissions or are they actually physically purchasing? And if they are great, but if they're not, why not? Yeah. That's generally the first thing. Um, so it's not only being clear on, on your goals and what, what it is you want to achieve with your content marketing, but it's also keeping an eye on that and measuring it as well. Very much so, very much so, yeah. I think the next, I think the next stage um, is it's very clear to be, um, be very clear on who your customers are, you know, and I don't like using jargon, like we all hear about personas and all this kind of stuff. But I think it's very important that you really kind of delve in and you look at your customer base to kind of find as well, who are they, you know, um, because any of the customers that I work with, they never ever have just one type of customer, you know, like I have a client that we were talking about just before we came on air, um, where he works in a range of different disciplines from maybe financial institutions to medical um, to small, medium enterprise businesses. And they all are very much different motivators. You know, some people uh, are looking for, um, I suppose, maybe coaching. So he kind of creates content that is very much focused for them from coaching mentorship. But then he also has other clients who their core remit or their core need and want is about training, you know, how to do presentation skills, etc. They're not interested in maybe, you know, harmony or that type of mentorship. They want other soft skills. So content is created for him, focused on those type of kind of needs and wants. And I think when you kind of get a real feel as to, okay, we have clients that span not only across a range of industries, but they also have a range of, I suppose, as I call them, determinants for why they may want to work with you. Um, I suppose to give you a, another example, I used to work, before I went out on my own, I used to work in a big um, leading direct mail fulfillment company. So it was all about print pack post it was physical direct mail um, 
And I had clients who spanned both creative agencies. So if I was to try and target creative agencies with content, what they would be looking for from me was, I suppose, proactive, unique, creative ways to send out a piece of mail. But then I had other clients who their sole remit was that they weren't interested in content where I was saying we're highly creative and we can design material. What they wanted to see was we're ISO accredited, we've got robust data security. So you got to learn that suddenly if I want to pull in more of that type of client, my content needs to reflect those needs and wants and answer those kind of those concerns and those queries. And then also then I had another set of clients like your procurement people where their sole focus was uh, cost efficiency. So if I was looking to target that type of people, the content that was created was very much focused on we can save you money. With our processes, you'll actually reduce your, your kind of your, your overheads or whatever it might be. So I think businesses need to kind of go through that very in depth, really get to know your business and your clients so that then the content can be tailored to match each of their needs and wants. That makes sense. So. And how would you, um, so say if you have a client that has a blog, um, how would you advise that they target different types of clients through a single form of content? Or would you advise that they don't try to do that, that they create separate pieces of, uh, you know, separate blog, for example, for one type of client or for one type of service that they offer and a separate one for another? What, what would you advise to a company that only is only concentrating on one particular content form? Yeah, like, like if, it, if it's a blog post, um, I, like I think part of that sort of persona kind of research is I think particularly for small businesses, you know, I think it's sitting down, like the amount of clients that I talk to that have never actually sat down and asked their clients why they work with them mm -hmm. is always, you know, quite incredible. Um, and I always kind of feel, you see, yes, in, in my approach and my experience with the people that I've worked with, they have tended from, a, say, a blog perspective, um, the blog is written with a particular type of customer they're trying to attract uh, mm -hmm. in mind. Because if you're writing pretty, a blog post, um, you know, trying to maybe describe about, say, let's say a boring subject, maybe like, you know, that or pensions, you know, pensions is a, is a minefield. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone maybe is going to be that target that's going to be interested in that, you know, but I suppose you're looking to target maybe maybe a certain age group that are wanting to start to talk about pensions. So you might have a blog about, say, getting started with pensions, what are your best options? And that might be for, say, maybe your, your 20 to 25-year-old. But then you might have another post which is explaining about, say, your investment, your investment options from your pension, you know, the annual annuities, all that. That's not going to be interested to your 20, 25 year olds, but it will be of interest to maybe the, the older group who maybe you're looking at more investment. So I kind of feel always feel that to try and create a piece of content like a blog that's going to be universally open to everyone is quite difficult unless it is in a particular subject or a content topic that would have universal appeal. But when you're getting for some of these businesses where they're quite niche and they're quite specific, you kind of tend to feel that when you're writing, say, a blog, that you have a very kind of core objective, right? This blog is very much targeted at this audience, and we want to make sure that it's that type of audience that we're pulling in, if that makes sense. So. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so we've got be clear on your goals, make sure that you keep an eye um, and measure 
um, yep. and clear on who your clients are, what would your next piece of advice be? Yeah, definitely then, I think uh, two things. I think these are very critical. Um, I think the first one is, I always say this to people, do your SWOT analysis. And this might even be something you do at the very start, um, the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats. Because you know, if you create a content strategy, and you've laid out all of your objectives, and you know what you want to do, et cetera, but that suddenly there are inherent weaknesses within your organization or within your business. If they're not tackled, they could inherently mean that you might never ever achieve those objectives or they could inherently kind of weaken your content process going forward. Mm -hmm. So I always say to people, you know, kind of if it's just yourself on your own or maybe you have uh, yourself and maybe some close clients and try and drill down, you know, know where are you good at? Um, maybe it is content that you're good at or maybe it's strategy or is it your process? Where are you weak at? As in, uh, are you poor on response time? Um, do you not get back to people quick enough when they request the quote or whatever it might be? You know, where are your opportunities? Because when you delve down into the opportunities, they can also maybe shape your objectives as well. We actually didn't think of that. That is an objective. Maybe we should try and focus, try and go into that particular market or pull that new type of target audience into our sphere of influence. And then looking at the threats, you know, is there threats in your industry that could affect you? So no matter what you do from a content point, you have to be kind of tailoring that particular thing to try and offset. Mm. I think the other thing to add to that is um, a content audit. So okay. kind of um, interesting. See, a lot of businesses actually sometimes don't do this. They kind of feel that, well, we just have to keep trying to create new, new, new content all the time. But when you take a step back and actually look at what have you already created, you know, do you have reports, industry reports, um, have you got blog posts done? Have you got ebooks created? Is there video content already done? Because if you go back in and look to see, well, is there anything there that is still very relevant and usable? Could it be repurposed? Um, and also, has any of the content that you previously created or sent out, was it successful? Mm. You know, and do you know why it was successful? Um, because if you can kind of delve and say, well, actually, that those videos that we did talking about these subjects really resonated really well. And we stopped doing them. Why did we stop doing them? Maybe our audience are really love video because they're all very much people on the go. They're on mobile. They loved it on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. But we found that our blog posts or our ebook downloads not really working, yet we're still creating. And so I think kind of taking a step back and really looking at the organization from those strengths and the opportunities and then kind of seeing well what content have we already created could we improve it could we update it can we repurpose it and once again i think it gives you real insight as to to where you are and obviously if you're starting off you mightn't have content so you know this is where that process of i suppose understanding maybe your audience and testing different things like maybe a blog post uh, repurpose that into a video repurpose that into a, a downloadable etc and then looking at the metrics that's would be my advice love a bit of repurposing um Absolutely. yeah i love it so i feel like this is that game where you know that my granny went shopping well and i keep going back to the beginning we've got be clear on your goals mm -hmm. measure, be clear on who your clients are what analysis content yes. audit so really keep an eye on what's working and yeah. do more of that and repurposing more of that yeah. um, yeah, so where do we go next? 
Yeah, kind of the next stage then is, as I call it, I always kind of feel it's good to kind of bed down and agree what I call your content management system. So, um, and what this could take a whole host of different kind of things. Like I suppose I use, I don't know if it's yourself, Natty as well, but I use say WordPress as my blogging platform and it also runs my website. Yeah. Um, now there's plenty of other options, but I kind of feel WordPress from your, your, your blogging type of platform to get a blog content out, I think you can't really fault it, you know, between no. the, yeah. the plugins that are available, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I think to get people started off, it's probably the easiest learning curve. Um, but I think it's kind of key that you, you have a kind of, some type of kind of system like a WordPress for the blog. Then you have a CRM system, you know, like, like HubSpot have a fantastic CRM system where once again, you can kind of sort of manage uh, what's going on with your customer base, that flow mm -hmm. of relationship, the flow of communication. Um, and then even kind of tools like Sprout Social, um, which is very good. It's a bit like Agora Pulse as well. Uh, or meet Edgar, I think is another one, where you have almost like a full dashboard of what's going on when you're putting out content that you can link to your clients. But I think it's important that you have some type of kind of system in place that allows you to get your content out, um, that allows you to schedule it, watch what the metrics are, um, rather than you trying to have to do everything manually, because the problem is that when you're trying to do things like a blog post and tweet it out or repurpose it to Facebook. If you're trying to do all that manually, business is business and suddenly you forget or you lose time and then you lose that sense of consistency as such. So you need to have some type of management system that will allow you to take all this content being created and getting out and give you back real time feedback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so your processes and getting your systems in place basically. Yeah, um, kind of moving up from that, once again, I think the next day I was going to feel is what I call a content brainstorm. Um, and once again, if this is you, um, if you have a team, getting the team around. And sometimes if you have very good, good clients that you have a very good relationship with, maybe have them involved in this process as well. But I always kind of feel it would be, it's great to kind of brainstorm ideas as to, okay, what's going on in our industry? You know, what are the challenges our clients face? What are the challenges our prospects face? You know, where are the shifts happening that we need to be getting involved with? Great one as well, if you have an organization where you have, say, customer care teams. You know, what type of problems are they hearing on the phones? Uh, what type of problems are customers dealing with? Um, is there any sort of fears like, say, Brexit, or we had GDPR, there are some kind of ones that everyone had a fear about. Mm. Um, and out of that then, I suppose, you then kind of write, create sort of your ideas as to, okay, what are the kind of the needs, the wants, the solutions, the worries, the challenges? How can we position ourselves as the thought leaders, uh, the people that have the answers, the solutions to what our industry and our market needs? Um, there's a company over here uh, that I'd have quite a good relationship with. They're a CRM client. Um, and they're very, very proactive in this whole area because uh, there's a big thing happening in Ireland at the moment. I think there's some changes to the tax system for the PAYE, which business had to get on top of. And they were the first one to suddenly both a blog and a video and tweets talking about how they're dealing with the situation and they're getting a huge amount of traction. And I think by kind of 
brainstorming as a team, you know, so that it's not just you uh, alone, but that you're kind of, you're outreaching to say, you know, your wider team, if you have a wider team, or even some kind of close clients to kind of find out, okay, well, what are the challenges and where can we start to kind of create content that taps into that, that we can then push, you know, our solutions and our brand. And kind of out of that, then you kind of, you can drill out, well, what are the content ideas that we could have? Yes, maybe we could create a blog and we can write about these issues. We could create videos that maybe talk through maybe how our system, if it's, if it's a solution-based type program or a product, how to use it and how it actually uh, addresses this issue. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe uh, there's a downloadable, maybe ebook for 10 steps how to deal with this issue, maybe a handy infographic, whatever it might be. Um, but I think a content brainstorm gives you lots of food then for thought as to because that's always one of the challenges, I think, for any business when you're starting content marketing is, well, what are you going to write about? What are you going to talk about? Mm. And I think when you have a sort of a, when you give yourself that opportunity to really kind of look at what's going on in your industry and what's going on in your own business, you suddenly get quite a lot of ideas as to, yeah. right, there's at least three to six months worth of stuff here that we feel our audience are going to find value. Um, so that'll be the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I think following off from that, and this is a critical one, as, as you know, is um, content planning, editorial calendar. You know, I think it's a, uh, I think you have to, once again, you have to treat your content marketing as if it's like um, a client meeting. Yeah. And, you know, you really do. You have to kind of, and I always say to people, be very realistic. You know, don't kind of suddenly kind of throw us, oh yeah, no problem. We're going to blog five times a week and we're going to do X, Y, Z and three videos a week etc because ultimately you know if you set your audience up with an expectation that you're going to do that and then suddenly you fall by the wayside mm-hmm. uh, your audience will get turned off and then you'll lose traction and you lose sort of that kind of credibility mm-hmm. so if you I always kind of feel that if your organization is at a stage where you can only do maybe one blog post a week perfect but make sure that that one blog post is in the diary mm-hmm. and that you have it planned out so that you know, for example, this Friday we're going to be talking about XYZ topic. The following Friday we're talking about XYZ. And that there's like a little, I suppose, strategy around, okay, well, the blog post gets posted on Friday, but then there's maybe a, a repurposed video of the blog post going out on the Monday, whatever it might be. But I think it's very, very important that when you have your ideas and you have, I suppose, essentially agreed what you're going to be talking about over the coming months, that you plan it and you date it and it's there and it can't move because then there's a real sense of accountability for you, you know, that mm-hmm. right, this has to go. And uh, I think once again, it sounds very simple, but you'd be surprised how many people just don't do it, you know, and it's suddenly geez, we haven't. All, I think, because at the end of the day, yeah. you know, for businesses, you're getting paid by your clients, you know, that you can do a piece of work and you can invoice for it. Whereas yeah. with your own marketing, of course, it's really important, but there's always for a lot of people in the back of the mind. It's like, well, I'm not getting paid for this, but ultimately you're doing it so that you can get more clients. So it's really hard yes. to make it a priority, a bigger priority of client work. It is, absolutely. Um, like, I think, um, like, the, the kind of the, the sort of the next step, which mm. once again is um, your strategic promotion of your content. Yeah. And we talked about a bit about content repurposing because I think once again, a lot of people just kind of kind of just get stuck in the thing, right? We posted the blog post now, we'll just kind mm. of set it set it and forget it as such. And 
you know yourself the way social media works you know literally it, it moves at such a at a pace you know every second multiple yeah. tweets multiple posts emails and i always kind of feel that if you take a blog as saying being a, a fairly recognizable piece of content when you put up your blog post instantly you know a permission to email should be going to the client to say our new blog post is our new blog post is live um because i know like my wife for example she's a very senior marketer she hates social media but she'll read emails yeah. um and that's interesting because if i just kept say an email purely to twitter or facebook she'd never see it mm. um i think with twitter it's a very interesting one because you know yourself you'll have multiple kind of clients who come on maybe at eight o'clock in the morning they might come back on maybe at 12 or 5. if your tweet is only of that blog post has only been out say once or twice in that day um or over a period the chances that they may see it is quite slim mm. um like tools like smarter q i don't know if you've ever heard of this one um it's one that i've used um very successfully because what it does is it actually allows you to queue up all of your blog posts and put them into a special evergreen bucket i suppose as i call it and it will retweet the original tweet whenever you want so it means that you don't fall foul of twitter uh for their say tweeting of the same content over and over because essentially you're just retweeting the original tweet right but but what it does is it allows you to actually keep your your posts going out of the cycle at various times during the month so that the potential that your audience will get to see that blog post becomes higher and mm. um, i think as we talked about i think content repurposing i think is always a must you know because you won't really know say from a piece of content like a blog post i always think turn it into a video like that's what i do i'll write a blog post but then i'll turn that into a video and i'll repurpose it by sharing it on linkedin yeah tweet it out i put it onto youtube and um, i put it on to twitter obviously um, and i put it to facebook and mm. um, a blog can be turned into a an ebook now maybe flesh out a bit more detail but once again there's no reason why it can't be turned into that sort of downloadable guide it could be turned into an infographic you know if your audience is on pinterest it certainly could be turned into a, a really nice image for a pin mm. um because by repurposing the content in different forms you then suddenly get great feedback as to okay you know we're starting to find that the blog post itself didn't really resonate but the topic that we talked about has done really great on the video Mm. and then it gives you real insight as to okay maybe our clients love the, the visual element of the video yeah so i think once again always very important um, mm. and i think i suppose the last thing and this should be recurrent on everything uh is is as we discussed at the start is to all, always be measuring but i think always to kind of utilize uh google's um ability to like, generate the, the utm links so you can be tracking like for example with the clients i work with what i always do for, for tweets or whether it be an email or a facebook post i just don't kind of use um bitly as such okay. like a, a, the link shortener what i what i now actually do is i'll go into um the google kind of um campaign generator and i'll create utm links um, which essentially mean that when you go back into the analytics, 
you actually then start to see, well, it actually was the tweet from November the 10th talking about this at this time that actually was driving the traffic back to the website. So where do um, people go to, to set those up then? Yeah, I'll just tell you now. Um, just bear with me now one second. Probably just gone off the screen there, I think. Yeah, it's called it's called the campaign URL builder. Okay. Um, if you if anyone just kind of Google's uh, campaign URL builder uh, for Google, um, it's a very very simple um, process. You literally just kind of uh, you just fill out a couple of boxes where it asks you your your source in effect. Mm -hmm. For example, um, it could be your blog, then the campaign name. So it might be um, the blog topic. Um, and what it does is it essentially is it creates a special tracking, a special tracking link for you that when you go back into your Google Analytics under the uh, the campaign tab, it will actually then kind of show you if that blog post resonated from traffic perspective. Um, and I think it's really handy to do this because then you actually start to understand well what parts, what posts from your social media, your email, or what 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 actual what is working for you. So, uh, so I think that's always pretty helpful. That's an interesting one, actually. Um, yeah, well, worth looking into. I'm going to have a look into that one. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, some, some brilliant steps in there. And I think, um, you know, it, there are quite a few steps, but I think it's it's one of those, it's about starting somewhere, isn't it, and building on it. Yeah. And then, yeah, until eventually you are kind of where you need to be. And as I said before, I do think, you know, having the, the strategy in place is half the battle. And I think you're much more inclined to actually mm. use content and do your marketing if you've got that plan, for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like kind of when you flesh it out, God, it seems like a lot of steps, but you know, a lot of those steps are sort of kind of mold into each other as such, yeah. kind of, you know, um, as you know, I think at the end of the day, when you know, who your audience is and what they're looking for and you align that then with your brand as such you know yeah. that's what you want to stand for and um, then once you keep to that and because at the end of the day i suppose everybody's trying to find a piece of content well, how do you make our content go viral and unfortunately there is no magic wand there's no secret and um, i think all you can do is just try and create content that you that's to the best of your ability is going to resonate with your audience and it's just through kind of trial and testing and measuring, you know, whether it is the video or the written content or the maybe a combination of both that really gains traction. Um, and uh, I think the final thing I would say, Natalie, as well, is, is that to really underpin all about the content is to always never forget the, um, the human engagement level as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I do find myself, one of the things I do for my client as part of, say, social media management, Mm. is that one-to-one -one personal engagement on the social channels. So, you know, thanking people for sharing and liking a piece of content because you'd be surprised how far that goes mm. that they'd be more inclined then to actually, well, we'll definitely check out your next piece of content and then they'll start to recommend and that kind of brings more people into your sphere of influence as such. Yeah. So it'd be yeah. always to kind of have that, make your content human, but make your interactions not just be automatic or auto-generated, let me say. Yeah, really, really important. 
Would you um, just let people know, Philip, where they can find out a little bit more about you, link to your website, and where they can connect with you on social media? Yeah, certainly. Well, my website is the um, thecurlymarketer.com. Um, people are probably, if you're wondering where the curly marketer came from, no, I don't have curly hair. <laughs> but where it came from was, you know, I always kind of feel that marketing is not a straightforward, you know, it's never A to Z. There's lots of twists and turns. And I suppose, as I say, you take the curly approach to it. You have to be flexible and nimble and you have to pivot when required. So hence the curly marketer. So the curly marketer. Yeah. Curly hair, Philip. I did have curly hair. I, I was, uh, as I tell people, I was hoping that Game of Thrones are going to call me. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it never came. Uh, I was hoping to be an, an, an older Jon Snow or something. <laughs> so. But uh, I think I looked more like a hobo. I think uh, probably people told me, you know, so uh, I, I said maybe better to get rid of that look. So, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, curlymarketer.com. Um, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, you'll see me there at uh, Philip Twyford. That's uh, P-H-I-L-L-I-P, Twyford, T-W-Y-F-O-R-D. Um, I'm on Twitter, at P Twyford. Um, and I think it's Philip Twyford on Instagram and uh, there is a Facebook page, The Curly Marketer. Um, so yeah, so that's where you find me doing my stuff. <laughs> that's great. It's such a great name. Nobody ever will forget that, will they? It's really memorable, The Curly Marketer. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully not. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for all your tips. There's so much. No there. problem. I hope people hope people find it useful anyway. So. Definitely. Thank you so much, Philip. Love you. Thank you. Take care. Uh, bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the You Are The Media Network. For more content marketing advice, head to hotcontent.co.uk. Why not join the Hot Content Marketing Group on Facebook too? Come and meet other like-minded entrepreneurs and share knowledge, ask questions and gain support in promoting your business online. See you in there.